0: G'day everyone, my name's Chris. I'm the minister here at Linus Anglican Church, and today I want to share with you about a ministry that is close to my heart, a ministry that is impacting thousands of children in Cambodia. A ministry that I believe God is using in incredible ways. This ministry is the ministry of Pastor Abraham Hung and the development for the people of Cambodia in Cambodia. He serves in two places, in a slum, Andong village, in the capital city, Phnom Penh, and then about an eight-hour drive north in a province called Odomenshae, he runs another school and a series of churches. Uh, And he is providing hope to thousands of families across these two schools and communities. Uh, Abraham is a man whom God is using powerfully not only spiritually, but physically as well, providing relief from poverty and an education for young people so that they can take themselves out of the poverty in which they find themselves. It is such an amazing and powerful ministry. I've been blessed uh, to have been to Cambodia twice. I've uh, been able to hang out with Abraham on a couple of his trips to Australia as well. My heart beats powerfully for this Ministry, and I hope too that as you watch this video, you too will see something of what it means to be invested in a partnership where you can see God working so so powerfully. And as we hear from Abraham today, as we hear from Rob who manages the partnership, uh, and as we hear from a couple of Tasmanians, Keith and Andy and their story from their most recent visit, I hope you'll be encouraged and excited that you'll at least add Abraham and his team to your prayer list, but maybe even more, you'd you'd consider whether or not this is something God is moving in your heart to give generously towards. Well, first up, Rob Elson from a small little island that you might have heard of this summer in Kangaroo Island, Adelaide, South Australia, and he's going to share with us his heart, his passion, as well as what's going on in the ministry that Abraham is doing in Cambodia at the moment. Rob, can you tell us, uh, sort of give us a snapshot of what's been going on in the ministry for the last six to 12 months?
1: Yeah, been a lot happening as there always is over a 12 month period. Um, Some really exciting things. Uh, A couple of years ago, we bought a block of land over the road from the current Andong school with a view to building a new school. Um, We knew the tenure on the existing school was going to come to an end at some point in time, given that we didn't own the land. So uh, we were able to purchase this block. It it was hideously expensive, um, 100 grand US, which at the time was 150 grand Australian. So we managed to find the money for that, which was awesome. Uh, And then the actual building project uh, has been in the forefront of our mind for a long time. And we've finally been able to commit to that uh, about six months ago. So, we came up with a design, uh, did some costings on it, put it out to tender, and secured uh, what has turned out to be a really uh, committed builder. He's been fantastic. Um, done a really good job to this point in time. So, uh, the budget was 175,000 US, which, uh, with the horrible exchange rate we've got at the moment, worked out at a bit over 300 grand Australian with some extra little things along the way that always happen when you embark on a building project. So yeah, we're nearing the end of that now, which is really good. Uh, we've only got uh, probably about a month and a half to go when the school will be, be all finished, which will be terrific. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking ahead to moving the kids into the new school uh, at the start of the, the new school year, which um, this year is going to be a little bit later than normal, thanks to COVID-19. Um, so we'll probably have the kids starting in the new school uh, first week in November. Yeah. So it's a very exciting time for them, for the the village. It's uh, you know, it's not just a school for them, as as you know, it's a real you know beacon of hope for a change in their prospects in the future. So, um, the project did grind to a halt. The building project did grind to a halt back in March when uh, construction stopped in Cambodia, like a lot of other places, and the Aussie dollar took a real plummet as well, got down to about fifty five cents. So, uh, we just couldn't justify sending. It just made the you know the project cost unattainable at that time. So we did have to put the brakes on, which was um, a bit disheartening for the families that were enjoying hearing all the banging and crashing over the fence with the new school. Um, but, uh, yeah, it all started up again last week. So, yeah, they're all quite excited to see things finished and the kids will be in there soon. And yeah, it's a very impressive building. It'll um, hold them it in good stead for a long time. So that's probably been the real highlight in the last sort of six to 12 months. But... Been lots of other real great stuff going on as well. We've done some small building projects for a few families in Andong, some emergency building projects for families that are, you know, really doing it tough, uh, tougher than than most. Um, Kids are all doing excellent at school. Um, A lot of our kids now are are going on to high school and university, and um, when you consider where they've come from and the level of education in their homes, which for a lot of them is none. Um, these kids are, are doing amazing. Um, we had one young fellow called Pon Lu that you might've heard a bit about, uh, who comes from a very impoverished background up in O.M., who uh, just took to his studies really well. Um, he had to walk two hours each way to our primary school in, uh, in Menche, uh, barefooted, um, but just was really committed to his studies in primary school, did really well at high school, uh, and in the final exams, and he was up against, you know, kids in private schools uh, in the cities, uh, he ended up having the, the second highest score of any kid anywhere in the country and earned himself a scholarship to go to universities, now studying engineering and architecture. i got a personal invitation from the Prime Minister to meet him. You know, this, this is a kid that just came from uh, a little hut, a little dirt floor hut out in the middle of OM. Um, Which is just the middle sort of nowhere. Yeah. Absolute middle of nowhere. Yeah, you know, up until a few years ago, there were still landmines there. You know, it's just just a remarkable story that this kid's gone from that to, uh, you know, going to university and you know, outscoring every kid in the country pretty much. Um, so that was a real a real uh, highlight in the last uh, last twelve months. So he did his final exams in September last year, um, and it was just such an encouragement for his. Uh, the villagers in his area as well. Like to to see someone go through and have such success is really spurred on uh, everyone there. And although they have very little money, they managed to pass the hat around and and raise enough money to buy him a little motorbike, so he could ride a university each day as well. So they just you know they're really proud of what he's done, and um, it just shows that you know you, there is a pathway out of the poverty that you're stuck in. So. Um, There's been some amazing things happen. The, the little churches are, are growing really well, uh, particularly in O'Donoghue. Uh, little house churches are springing up everywhere. There's you know baptisms all the time, and um, a lot of that uh, is generated through the kids that go to school. You know, Abe is is showing the love of Christ to these kids, and the families are um, you know a lot more open to the gospel because of it. Uh, so yeah, no, it's been some some really good stuff happened in the last last 12 months, as it has been over the last you know, eight, nine, ten years. Mm. And so, how many kids in the two schools now are we? Uh, we've got over 1,100 in the two schools, yeah, near enough to 550 at each one. So uh, we are kind of bursting out the seams and there is uh, there is more demand from families that want to send their kids there, but we just don't have the room at the moment. Um, Andong School, with this new school building, we will have slightly more capacity than what we've currently got so we can probably take on another maybe 40 or 50 kids which would be good um, yeah it's a big number it's a, yeah. a huge number of kids and we also have what we call the OM House at Hope um, which is a used to be a brothel as you probably know all about that one but we've got uh, 60 high school kids living in that house as well um, that otherwise just wouldn't have access to high school uh, the high school you know is a long way from where most of the villages live, and a long way from where our primary school is. Uh, so these kids are living full-time in this house, um, getting you know great mentoring opportunities, learning all the stuff that you'd normally learn at home, cooking and just the normal stuff your parents would teach you. Um, for a lot of these kids, their parents are working over the border in Thailand, obviously not at the moment with COVID-19, but uh, normally they'd be over the border working and they might see their kids once or twice a year. So. Um, Yeah, it's really important for them to have this fantastic base that they can call home. And uh, they're a real great bunch of kids, they really support each other. Um, There's a a family that lives there that sort of basically mentor these kids and um, yeah, they're they're doing really well and it's just a a real great sort of foundation for these these high school kids. Mm. Um, And they're doing exceptionally well at school, they're they're all top of their class, which is amazing when you consider where they've come from. And so our schools terminate at like grade six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, grade six is where it finishes. So um, we have explored the option of uh, starting a high school. I mean, it's just a a whole different raft of uh, complications to even consider doing that, apart from the fact we don't have room. Um, But what we do do is provide really good mentoring to the high school kids, which is evident in how well they're doing when they pop out the other end um so yeah they they are getting as much support as we can offer and look not all our kids do go on to high school some kids have the primary school education and that's all they will ever do they'll go back to the family and just try and support their family but at least they've got that baseline level of education now where they can understand documents when their families have things that you know crop up and you know we saw what happened in in andong with the families there that just couldn't read and that's how they ended up in the the mess they were in initially was just not understanding what their rights were. So, you know, a year six kid has enough um, ability to at least explain things to their parents. And, yeah, so if that's all they ever do, it's a great uh, skill that they've acquired.
0: It's like, how have you gotten involved in this and and why do you stay involved?
1: Um, So the how is... uh, Actually, a really nice story. So, I went to Cambodia in 2009. There was a group of us here from Kangaroo Island that uh, decided we wanted to do an international volunteer program somewhere in the world. Um, Cambodia wasn't on the radar specifically for us. In fact, it's quite ironic. There was we narrowed it down to three countries. Um, We applied to Habitat for Humanity, and they gave us three countries. there was one in Africa, I think. Uh, I can the other one was the Philippines or somewhere, and then one was Cambodia. And there was 15 of us that had to try and decide which one of these places we went to. So we ended up just having a... you just ranked the countries from you know best to worst. Uh, and ironically, I put Cambodia last. Um, <laughs> well, I just didn't know anything about the place and didn't really want to go there. Anyway, I lost. Obviously, there was enough people that wanted to go to Cambodia, so we ended up going there. And um, uh, so the, the program was, uh, we built a couple of houses for some families that were in a, a very different demographic to the families we're helping now. They uh, needed to have owned the land. They had to have a minimum income of $250 a month, I think. So they were not the, not the sort of type of families that we're helping at the moment. They're a lot further up the food chain. Um, anyway, the middle weekend that uh, we visited, we had some extra money. We wanted to chip into something else and uh, we had it in our minds that we'd go to an orphanage and uh, that was sort of you know the thing a lot of people did in Cambodia back then. Um, we didn't realise at the time that most of the orphanages were uh, very corrupt and most of the kids weren't actually orphans. They were just country kids that were sent to the city because their families thought there was a better opportunity for them, but uh, most of them, Lived in very poor conditions and were just masqueraded in front of um, Westerners to fleece them of a bit of money, and then they were out know, the back in the, the horrible conditions again. And the person running the show was, you know, profiteering and making most of the money. So anyway, our driver who was taking us to a build site every day knew a bit about what Abraham was doing um, out in Andong village, and uh, he had the, the courage to speak up and uh, encourage us not to go to uh, an orphanage and consider going out and having a look at what Abe was doing. So um, we learnt very early on in Cambodia that you don't just hand over lots of cash. You actually, um, you know, you try and provide something tangible that's going to benefit someone. And so we asked this guy, well, what, you know, what can we do to support other than just hand over money? And he said, well, I know this guy's started a school um, and he, you know, feeds the kids breakfast or lunch and I don't know much about where he's at with all of that, but you might like to consider... Um, you know, buying some rice or a few things for the school. So we hired a little truck and bought a pallet of rice and a few books and some soy sauce and a few other bits and pieces, and sort of almost turned up out there unannounced. Um, and the look on Abraham's face was just priceless. And you know, Abe doesn't speak or well, certainly didn't speak the best English back then, and he's not a whole lot better now. But uh, he was very grateful for you know what we'd done, and we had a look around the village and. Uh, and then the next day, we went back to this Habitat build program. and None of us really thought much more about it. We, that was a lovely experience and you know, a bit of a warm, fuzzy feeling, and we kind of felt like we'd done a bit of good. Someone kept a, a business card of Abe's and just flicked him an email when we got home a couple of weeks later and said, oh, how are you going? And anyway, it turned out that uh, Abe had run out of rice uh, two days before we got there. He'd also run out of money in his bank account. Him and Sopin had spent every last dollar they had. And they knew for about four or five weeks that they were coming to this point where they were going to run out of rice run out of money and they've been praying earnestly for um you know some intervention someone to come along and and help them and we didn't know any of that and so you know when we heard about that and that we were used to this you know unbelievable answer to prayer was just um you know a very humbling experience and Mm. So we thought, well, you know, okay, maybe we better stay involved after all. We hadn't even thought about Abraham at all since we'd been home, but uh, hearing that story really just touched their hearts. and So that was sort of how we got roped in back in 2009. Um, And initially, our support was quite minimal. I think we were just helping out with a couple of teachers. I think our annual contribution was, you know, something in the order of maybe six seven eight thousand dollars something like that um, which is you know still a reasonable amount of money but um it was fairly modest whereas this year we're going to send three hundred and eighty thousand dollars to Cambodia you know it's just if someone had sat me down on that first day and dusty old Andong and said you know this is what's going to happen over the next 10 years I would have just laughed in their face it just didn't seem possible and um even now you know what's happened this year, two years ago, just didn't seem possible either. So you know, God has been an amazing provider in all of this, and I'm mm-hmm. and very gracious. And it's been a, an incredible ride. Um, in terms of why I do it, uh, look, I I see kids as being a bit like uh, books, um, and in Australia, uh, when you're born in Australia, your your books come with uh, blank pages. And those pages are filled in, you know, initially by your parents, um, by your school teachers, by other people that, uh, you know, get alongside you. And then later on in life, you, you fill in the pages yourself when you work out your career and you start a family and all those things. Um, whereas in Cambodia, you know, a lot of the kids, um, when they're born, the you know, the pages are pretty much filled out already. So, uh, for Andong and OM kids, if there wasn't a school, you know, the pages would be just terrible oppression and exploitation and, you know, just they don't have much uh, opportunity to fill in those pages. Whereas now they have these schools and they're getting an education and, uh, you know, those those filled in pages are being torn out and being replaced with blank ones that these kids can now fill in. So um, to be a part of that is, you know, very rewarding and um, that's, pretty much why I do it is just to give those opportunities to those kids that, you know, they deserve it just like any other kid does here. So that's the, the driving passion for me. Mm.
0: Yeah. And uh, obviously you've paid, like, a lot of that money that you're sending this year is for, the, for the building of this school and, the, and getting all that sorted out. Um, but, like, there's a lot of ongoing day-to-day running costs because it's all free education. And food for these kids who may not eat, be able to eat well at home. So, um, I guess, like, you know, what, what does it cost Abraham to run these schools? Like, especially, with, like, aside from when he's trying to build one, which you've already said costs, what, 550000
1: Australian dollars or something? I think. It, uh, yeah, three, 320 for the school. Yeah, yeah plus the land. Yeah. yeah, plus the land, 150 for the land as well. Yeah, yeah. yep. Um, look, we we never ever uh, you know meet. We have a budget every year that we set out that we uh, you know try and achieve if we can, and we never quite sort of get there. There's a lot of gaps in what we're doing, but uh, what we are doing is is costing well in Australian dollars. It's around about 150 grand a year to run these two schools. Um, it's not just the two schools, you know. We also support the running of the OM house as well, which you know, it's not cheap to keep that going for all those kids there. So the the total project is about 150 grand Australian a year. Um, the Australian dollar hasn't helped us. You know, when we first started in this project or being involved in AIDS projects, the Aussie dollar was up around a dollar ten US. Whereas you know now it's almost costing us double what it was back then mm. to uh, you know to achieve the same thing. So uh, yeah. And, when you think about 1,100 kids in the schools, and then 70 kids in the the OM House I Hope, it, you know, it is run on a shoestring budget, really, for that number of kids being supported. Uh, and there's other stuff going on as well. We we uh, run a little truck between the OM Village and the high school for the kids that don't live in the OM House as well. And there's other transport needs, and there's health needs, and um, we do have a little bit of direct family support for some families that are really struggling. and um, so it's a very comprehensive, um, you know, project. Quite complex. Yeah,
0: I think uh, a friend of mine calls it uh, holistic. Uh, mm. It's uh, it's it's looking after the whole whole person, not you know, physically, spiritually.
1: Uh, yeah, and, and that's a term that Abe uses very regularly. Yeah, it is yeah. very much a holistic approach, uh, and it's because of that holistic approach that uh, people are open to the gospel. Um, they yeah, you know, a lot of them, most of them over there, consider Christianity to be a Western uh, religion that you know is is not not for them, not relevant to them, or um, is not something that you know that, that they should even be considering. So it's this holistic approach that um, that Abe has really adapted so well um, that makes them open to the gospel.
0: Uh, I know one of the things that struck me when I was in Ode Menche last or perhaps the first time, uh, was the way that not only has he got this school there, but he's actually helped the families like make sure they've got the proper ownership papers. And I think he did, I think the story I've heard, and you might have to correct me if I'm wrong, is that he somehow Abraham managed to kind of convince the government to sort of hand over proper ownership of the farms to
1: these 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 impoverished villages. Is that have I got the Tail end of the yeah, scene. no, you're pretty much right. So yeah. Abe has a, a very good relationship with the local governor up there. Actually, he's just retired. So the guy that's replaced him, unfortunately, is yeah, not quite made of the same stuff. Um, yeah. And he's been you know, appointed directly by the prime minister. So we're probably not going to have that same relationship that we've had in the past. But uh, yeah, this the previous governor was very... In fact, he invited Abe up there. That was the only reason Abe went there in the first place was this governor heard how Abe had advocated for the Andong families and uh, he wanted someone to come up and, and help out his local family. So he's, yeah, he's a bit of a rarity in Cambodia because, you know, a lot of people are just trying to look after themselves, which is understandable, uh, whereas this guy does have a big heart for his community. So, yeah, you're pretty much spot on on there He uh, between him and Abe they very much advocated for you know the proper paperwork so that uh, there couldn't be any exploitation on those families which is exactly the same thing that Abe did down in andong as well mm. um so yeah they do have that security now which is which is good uh, i think the next big challenge up there is to uh, you know a bit like a lot of people that own land they just they own the land but they don't really have enough money to start anything to generate income from the land so uh, as I said before, most of them work over the border in Thailand. So, yeah, one of the things that, you know, in my big picture, sort of looking at where we go one day is to try and get something happening so those families are actually living together. You know, having kids, seeing their parents twice a year is just not good enough, really. So if we can, uh, you know, try and come up with some model where they can actually make some reasonable income off of their properties, I think that would be a you know fantastic outcome. Somewhere down the track. Mm. Mm. Just a little uh, anecdotal story for you about, uh, you know, how, how do we measure how successful this project is? And there's lots of ways of doing it, I guess. You know, we can look at the level of giving that people are making and that's just you know, unbelievable. still blows me away that people want to be involved in this stuff. Um, we can look at, you know, how many kids are going through the schools. But... Um, the kids that are coming out the other ends, we don't always get to hear about what they do. You know, Ponlew's a great example of, you know, we're going to follow him very closely. He's my sort of pin-up boy at the moment. I want to see where he goes and talk about him a lot, but uh, you know, a lot of the kids just sort of disappear out the gates and don't always get a chance to, you know, to hear about what they're doing. And uh, I was telling me a story recently, he went into the, one of the government ministry buildings to, do the necessary paperwork that he has to do every six months, and he was waiting in line there. And this young fellow in his sort of late teens, early twenties, wearing a suit, come up and said, "Oh, Pastor Abraham, Pastor Abraham, how are you going?" And and Abe just drew a complete blank, had no idea who this guy was. Said, "Oh, yeah, um, you know, going pretty good, thanks. I'm sorry, I don't know who you are." And he said, "Oh, I, I was. I went to Andong School. I went to your school. I was one of the first students to go through your school when." Um, He said, you know, I just want to thank you so much that, um, you know, because of that education, I was able to go to high school and um, I did really well at high school and now I've got an excellent um, job in the government and I'm earning, you know, a really good wage and none of that would have happened if you hadn't uh, had your school and um, it was just a, it was a great moment for Abe because he never enjoys going to these government ministry buildings and filling out this paperwork because he feels like, you know, you get no support from them but they make you jump through so many hoops. So... Um, it was just a you know great experience for him to actually have this kid come up and say you know this is this is what's happened in my life thanks to you and there'd be hundreds of other kids out there when we were there on our last trip we bumped into a guy that uh, ended up becoming a, a policeman which you know, would never happen for an on kid otherwise and another one started a, a little business that was doing really well and so there's just these little you know stories everywhere if you go digging. Um, which is, you know, fantastic.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I was uh, saying to someone the other day, I have this very, just very vivid picture I talk about all the time of the first time I ever walked through Andong Slum and uh, of this kid in his house reading the the textbook from school. Uh, and just, I just, I just find it such a vivid picture of everything that I was doing with the... Um, these kids in poverty, like, you know, I'm thinking, and if I lived here, I'd be like trying to work out how to survive till tonight and then start again tomorrow. Like, and and you've got, you're sitting here reading a book, like, because you know where your education can get you.
1: Yeah, they place such a high value on it. They really do. It's, uh, yeah, it's very humbling actually to go to the schools and see how committed the kids are from, You know, from year one upwards, they're just really committed. And the the teachers, you know, they are just so passionate about these kids. They're not earning. We're not paying them huge amounts of money. Um, They're just really passionate about these kids. So Yeah, and Abe's such a great leader. He just brings out the best in people. um, Yeah, it is remarkable. And, you know, we need to give credit to Soplin as well. She's uh, really supportive and um, very heavily invested in what they do. They're just uh, an awesome team.
0: Mm. Um, We've talked a little bit about uh, the relationship Abe had with the governor in uh, OM, uh, recently retired governor. Um, I know though as well, Uh, you've sort of hinted at it in his paperwork, but sometimes his relationship with the government is sort of life-threatening, I I think, over the journey. Uh,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, The governor in Andong Village uh, is now in jail, Um, actually put a hit out on Abe a few years ago. So the land right laws in Cambodia um, as a result of the Khmer Rouge days, basically, and still stands today, is if you occupy a parcel of land for more than five years and no one can um, come up with any evidence that they actually own that piece of land, you're legally entitled to that that parcel of land and you can get a document that says you are so when these families were evicted out to Andong village in 2006 um, and no one wanted to be there because it was just a dirty old swamp back then um, but you know Nongpen's finally caught up with Andong village and there's a lot of development around and it's actually quite sought after land now it's, it's uh, you know a bit of an emerging area well in 2011 they were going to reach that five-year milestone where they were then legally entitled to keep that land forever well there was a lot of pressure uh, to displace these people again like kick them off this land now had substantial value um, so I you know, advocated for these people to get this little bit of paper that uh, meant that they could never be kicked off their land again well the local governor wasn't too happy about that he wanted to, to get the land back because it had substantial value um, so he put a hit out on, uh, on Abe and his family. And he actually approached one of the kids in Handong village and offered him $10,000, which you can imagine to a, a slum village kid, that's like me offering you probably $3 million to, uh, to kill Abe and his, his entire family. Um, and this guy went to authorities and told them what what had happened or what he'd been offered. And uh, the guy, and he wasn't just wanting to kill Abe or other people he had a, a hit on as well. Um, ended up in prison as a result of it so uh, and that's not the first time that Abe's life has been threatened there's been other times as well where he's and it's all as a result of him advocating for their human rights um, so yeah he's, there's a lot at stake for him there really is mm. Mm.
0: absolutely and I think
1: uh, it shows
0: his commitment to the people whom God has called him to serve
1: Uh, absolutely yeah and there's been a lot of temptation for him as well there's been people who have approached him personally not not wanting to kill him but uh, trying to entice him to turn against these people as well with very large sums of money um and in fact when he used to work for the the government um you know unfortunately a lot of government workers are very corrupt i had a, a reasonably good position in the ministry of education and he had this identity card which um apparently gives you uh leverage to do lots of things with it that you probably shouldn't be but you can make a lot of money out of these identity cards but when he turned his back on the government and walked away from it i think he was offered close to 200 grand for this identity card for someone to assume his identity as a government worker which would have done enormous good things for his ministry um which you know he didn't take that didn't accept that money but uh yeah, there's been a, a lot of temptation along the way.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think uh, integrity certainly is a word that I would use if I was describing Abraham, absolutely.
2: Mm. Um,
1: yeah, yeah. And there's been potential partners, uh, you know, in recent years that I've had a bit to do with that uh, he hasn't been willing to partner with because of, you know, aspects of what they do that he thinks goes against what he's trying to You know, ingrained in his, uh, the people that he's helping. He just, he finds that very hypocritical if we just take their money, but we, uh, you know, he really isn't happy with the way they conduct themselves or, so yeah, you're right. Integrity is everything for Abe, Mm. um, which is remarkable in a place like Cambodia.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Very remarkable. Mm. Uh, I guess um, to finish, obviously, um, we've talked a little bit about finance. I thought it might be worth talking a little bit about um, the global development group. Uh, yes, because they, they sort of uh, sort of help out with the financial side of things in terms of management of that, um, and uh, and then why do you think it's worth? getting involved in this ministry, even if it's just on the basic level of taking an interest and, and praying if you're a person of prayer, or giving if that's something you feel uh, inclined to do.
1: Yeah, so Global Development Group has it's been a, uh, a very fruitful partnership. Um, so we here looked at trying to get ourselves to the point where we could get some tax deductibility for our contributions. Um, to Do that as a small little organization was just impossible. you just would drown in the paperwork. So, um, we ended up uh, being directed towards Global Development Group, and it's been a, a wonderful partnership on so many different levels. We do have tax deductibility for our donations now, so it makes um, you know people's giving they get it, get it you know, a bit back depending on their circumstances. Um, I guess the other thing that's been really important is there's just a lot more transparency and accountability now not that we you know question Abe and we certainly don't have any issues locally but it's just good to have a backing of you know a big organization that's audited by the government and um, there's very stringent reporting that Abe is required to do now which he's he's been doing for a long time anyway but uh, to have that filtered back through an organization like GDG is fantastic and it's also Um, Open up opportunities for him to network with other like-minded people in Cambodia, which has been a good support for him. Um, And there's been opportunities for training for his staff. Some of his leadership staff have done some really good training courses as well. So, yeah, initially, um, selfishly, all I really wanted to do was join so we could get some tax adaptability, but it's it's bared a lot more fruit than that. So, um, yeah, it's been well worth doing um what was your other question chris
0: uh i guess for people at home who might be considering their own involvement oh, yes. um yeah
1: yeah yeah so if you are thinking about being involved in this uh look i would encourage you to prayerfully consider it it's it's an amazing program what abe is able to achieve over there with with very little um the benefits or the people that benefit from this is. It's an incredible thing that we can run two schools with 1,100 kids, uh, you know, a high school house of hope for these kids that uh, otherwise are a long time away from their families. Um, and just the growth of the church there. Like We're a little church here on Kangaroo Island that, uh, you know, we're going through a fair bit at the moment, but we get a great deal of encouragement out of the growth that Abe's having in his church there. It's It's just quite remarkable how hungry these people are. And... Uh, and it happens through the kids. You know, it's the it's the holistic approach that Abe has to his ministry, um, the help for the kids and the family see that and they just don't understand why someone wanna do that. and they also don't understand why uh people like us would come over there and want to build houses for them or, you know, get horribly dirty and muddy in the slums and they it's just it's not the way Cambodians do things. They look after their own family but that's about as as wide as the sphere gets. So um look it's a it's a wonderful program abe is just one of the most amazing people i've ever met he's so committed um there's been times where we've tried to help him out specifically or his family and i know the money has just gone back into the project he just gives so much of himself and um so much of the finances so uh yeah you won't find anyone that's more committed to a community than what abe and Sopanata. Uh, the villages in andong and o m um, yeah it's uh, it 's been an amazing journey thus far and i i can 't wait to see where we go in the next ten years
0: yeah absolutely it 's exciting isn
1: 't it certainly is yeah
0: so exciting that I even
1: changed jobs and still can 't get it out of my heart <laughs> <laughs> yeah and look we appreciate your support too chris your your church down there um you uh, you know, you contributed some money recently, which uh, without that, we wouldn't have got across the line with the school either. So yeah, thank you for, for being involved in that and staying involved and advocating for Abe. And uh, hopefully we can get over there again and see him soon and, and get him back here again as well. Who knows when that'll happen, but uh, yeah, as soon as it can, it, it will be happening. Yeah, absolutely.
0: I look mm. forward, I look forward to my next trip. It's
1: been, yeah. too, it's been too long. I really have well, to try and, try
0: and go together yeah. one time. that would be good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. Thanks so much, Rob. Uh, I'm sure uh, you uh, at home found that just as informative and helpful and inspiring as I did. We're going to hear now from Abraham himself uh, uh, about what he's up to and the challenges he's facing, as well as what God has been doing through his ministry.
2: How are things in Cambodia? Yeah, Cambodia still yeah, situation COVID nine can not yet it. To, to people can go to meet a uh, um, a lot of amount of people. Still yeah. small small people can meet. example uh, like we go to put in a church only like maybe ten people, so we can use uh many uh. Make, uh Many a uh, lot of group to uh, to worship because we can't we use uh, online. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so have of busy with uh, take children their home, small group, small group every day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So can so you are your
2: schools closed? Uh, the school uh, not open for school building, but we could pick them their home like. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Ten children or eight children. a Small, small program. Because we need to uh, finish a program in the school. We open again in uh, November. We can start New Year. We need all the children to pass the class. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Okay. Yeah.
2: How are the churches going?
0: Lots of people becoming Christians? Lately? Or? uh,
2: Has there been lots of people? I think that we have uh, some... uh, uh no, but now we have uh, some new believer in uh, OM yeah. so now I'm uh, busy busy with the uh, follow up a new believer I said I uh, like uh, some some of them uh, uh, husband or a teacher in the uh, OM school but uh, uh, yeah. the teacher in our school, wow. they pray, and yeah. maybe six or seven years yeah. we need the husband of them to believe, wow. yeah. to believe in Christ. So, just like last month, they desire to believe in Christ. So, teacher they so happy and they have the money and they uh, cry. Uh, because their yeah, husband now needs to right, so I need to follow up with them yes. uh, so every so week. Yeah. Uh, every week, <laughs> to follow up
0: them. So. Yeah, well, that's good. What a great answer to prayer. What would you like to say to people here in Australia who support you? Yeah,
2: yeah I uh, would like to say uh, thank you so much. Yeah, we see now the three Cambodia recall like transforming uh, Cambodian people for cry. Uh, with, uh, uh, now we see a lot of happen. I want to like to share. Now we see some, uh, some children in Ando and OM. And now, some they they become a teacher, and some they finish, uh, graduate, some. Um, uh, they go to high school and university, but some they become a police policeman, and uh, we see the fruit of this, But especially their hearts dear to love Jesus and to follow Jesus. this uh, uh, I'm so happy to see their life. And I would like to say thank you so much uh, because because of you in uh, support uh, support us now. To, to see a big change for, uh, for Cambodia, for Cambodia transform people to, to for Christ. So I would like to say thank you, thank you so much, so much, because this is like a like body of Christ. You and me, we are body of Christ, we work together for Cambodia. So thank you so much all of you, uh, yeah, because your support now happened and see a lot of what happened for Cambodia, for, for the gospel, for change Cambodia. To cry, yeah, for crying. Yeah. thank you so much, and and thank you for uh, uh, for for Christian. Uh, you already <laughs> you always you are thinking about me and Missy Cambodia. But uh, one day, I uh, I would like to request you to come train our leader Cambodia. Now we need to a leader to respond a lot of our our work of Cambodia. So we start a main place on our a leader. So very important. I need you. I really need you come to help me train our leader Cambodia. Really, yeah. really need you. I look forward to coming. I can't wait Thank to come you. back. God bless you all. God yeah. bless you all. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Abraham. <laughs> wow, isn't that great? Just hearing from Abraham and uh, his powerful story. Next up, uh, I invited a couple of my mates, Andy and Keith, uh, around to do an interview to talk about their most recent trip to Cambodia and how that had impacted them. So guys tell me about your uh, most recent trip to Cambodia it was fantastic it was
3: um, We went in December of last year uh, just for 12 days and it was just Keith and myself yep. and yeah we went to uh, Andong and we went to Odomenche the place where Abraham has has his two schools and yeah we uh got to just be a part of what he was doing for those two weeks we um, got involved with his christmas services we played a lot of soccer Talking uh,
4: cricket yeah uh, yeah
3: did a cricket um ran bible studies did music um yeah we went over with, it with an attitude of whatever abraham asks us to do we will do it and we just want to be a part of whatever he's doing yeah. Yeah, no,
4: it was really good. And uh with the Menche, we had that opportunity to uh interact with the students and um and do a Bible story um and some singing as well, uh, with all the, the classes on the day. So uh it was really yeah, really interactive trip uh and really great to see God's work in what Abe's doing um in Cambodia for for the kids over there in both OM and um Andong.
0: Yeah. So, tell me uh, about how many people came to the Christmas services and what that was like?
4: Um, the first service that we had in Andong um, was actually um, a little bit smaller than the OM service, but there was, a, there was still, I don't know, there was a couple of hundred kids there and they all had
3: lunch. I feel like there was like 500, 500 kids. 500, yeah, yeah, wow.
4: Yeah. My memory's gone.
3: They just packed them all into such a small space. Yeah, this is
0: pre-COVID days. (laughs) Pre-COVID, no, no, no no social distancing. Square
3: twenty centimeters.
4: Yeah, Um, and it was really, it was amazing. They, you know, put on a on a play and, um, you know, did a bit of uh, preaching and uh, music as well. Um, And then the Ode Christmas um, was very much a Christmas spectacular.
3: It was huge. <laughs> there was about a thousand, thousand. people yeah. that, that came along. Wow. And the whole community gets involved. There's, uh, there's lots of um, bright colours, lots of uh, marquees. And, yeah, there was a lot, of, um, a lot of dancing, a lot of celebration, a lot of food. And, again, we were asked to, uh, to speak and, yeah. and, to, and to sing. And... Yeah, I think with these with these Christmas parties, it becomes a very evangelical event and not like there's an altar call at the end of the celebrations, but um, hearing it from Abraham, there's a lot of questions that get, they get asked um, afterwards. There are a lot of people who come to Christ as a result of these, these gatherings. And yeah, Abraham is like no fear in just sharing the gospel, how it is, and... Um, and yeah everyone is is very receptive and and keen to hear. Yeah, they definitely were. And they were they were keen to talk to us as well.
4: So, yeah, you'd be sort of standing around and talking to a few people and then there's you know a group of them all just hanging on your word even though the English uh, Khmer language barrier was there. It was still just to see their faces and um and they're just wanting to hear and and learn. Um uh, it was a great opportunity to to you know teach them about God. Um um yeah, it was amazing like full-on amazing.
0: Um, Were there any like are there any particular individuals um, whose stories you heard or who you met there who really sort of have stuck with you?
4: One for me was in OM and it was actually one of the the teacher's husband and she was a Christian and he was very um, standoffish very like wasn't against her being a Christian and acknowledging Jesus, but he was very um, non committal. Um, and it was really quite um, a privilege to be there. And during our interactions, etc. cetera, um, in OM with the school, he was there listening. Um, and he went up to Abe at the end and, and sort of said, I, I just feel over this time that there's been this, you know, this. This drawer, and um, he wanted to give his life to Christ. Um, so, for us to be there was just an, a, an amazing experience and a privilege to sort of to sort of see God working in that way. So, for yeah. me, that was a that was a really big
3: thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I don't have like a like a story per se, but one of the most impacting things, uh, like I felt, was. On, on the last day that we were there, we um, shared communion with the, uh, the students and the, and the youth that, that lived at the church in um, Odomenshae. And there were about like 50, 50 students. And yeah, Keith and I were, were asked to, to pray for, for all of them. And, and what they do is they, they put out their hands like this and <laughs> you go around and you put your hands on their hands and you say a little prayer and you move around the circle. And it, it felt a bit funny to do that, but it was really, um, it was just a really like special time and uh, a time where we both got to share about um, uh, the gospel and, and share communion with them. And yeah, it was just that real um it's just really like well received really appreciated and yeah
4: I think as Andy said we went there with the ex no expectations almost it was God's got a plan and we're going to do what Abe needs us to do um so to be put in that position of a, a um a, a prayer circle it's not a cultural thing that we would do so to to it was out of our comfort zone totally um but it was again just a uh, an amazing experience to just sort of to be
0: involved in it I guess
4: yeah it was really cool
0: uh, for both of you this is b- you've been your second trip I believe yep mm-hmm. keith's first one been like we reckon about 12 years ago it's a while ago and andy's about 3 4 5 years ago yeah whenever it was yeah um so for both of you you've had a significant time investment uh, significant financial investments uh like in paying for yourselves to go over there and no doubt in supporting the ministry when you're not there mm. um why why are you so invested in this ministry
3: um I, I guess why i'm so passionate about it is i really believe in in abraham and, and what he's doing over there he has such a a vision to see cambodia save for christ and his testimony is one where like, he really did come from nothing, and yet God has really kind of uh, empowered him, opened doors. And he's someone who's met, met the need of the communities um, in two very impoverished places in Andong and Odementia. He has um, not just gone out with the gospel, but gone out with the gospel and action and created two schools, and given kids who would not have gotten education in education, which is uh, a big, um, which is very important in Cambodia. Um, yeah, and it, he's planted a lot of churches. There's just a real fruitfulness to his ministry. And yeah, for, for someone like myself who knew nothing about Cambodia when, when I went over that first time with, with you, Chris, I was just um, astounded with just how fast things had been moving. Um, and when you see him in action, you, you just want to be a, a part of what he's doing. And yeah, that's why we went a second time. Mm. And what about you, Keith? Um,
4: look, I mean, I went over with the very first trip, so we um, we knew of Abe at that stage. He didn't have OM, um, so he had the Andong sort of village um, church, which was very very basic and thatched sort of, you know, shade area and um, very simple accommodation for him and Sopin, his wife um, at the back of a, a shanty town, um, Andong village, but to see his enthusiasm and uh, in how Christ can transform lives. Um, and as Andy said, with the whole, he had not a lot to begin with, to invest all his love in Jesus and trusting in Jesus and seeing the, the fruit from, from that. Um, it was just, uh, it was hard to keep up with him. He, just the, the, the go that he had, Um, and then from that he's got the respect of the community and from others around um, which has just made the the spreading of the gospel um, across different areas so he's got the schools but um, which is teaching the kids the vital education to get employment um, but he has the opportunity to spread the gospel there but he's also got a um, you know a a cattle um, sort of farm that he's he's trying to get off the ground to help um, sustain a lot of um, the wages etc because it costs a lot of money to to get these teachers to do um, this amazing work um, so yeah he's been fortunate enough to be able to then talk to different people that aren't part of that school community but are part of a different community altogether in and in a so um, just the power of Jesus working through Abe then through others um, why wouldn't you want to want to be involved mm-hmm. it's been great
0: I'm uh, struck in my own reflections uh, at the moment our church is going through the book of Romans and in Romans chapter 1 Paul says uh, that he's not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God that brings salvation to all who believe. Um, and I think one of my reflections when I go to Cambodia and I've been a couple of times is that, that you actually see that the gospel is powerful to bring salvation to those who believe. Yeah. Um, you actually see the truth of Scripture made alive in ways you don't always see here in the West. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I find that incredibly faith-building, so that when I'm in a place like Lindisfarne, kicking around trying to do my thing, and maybe doubting the power of the Gospel, I remember that actually, freaking heck, it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's real powerful. It's powerful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's doing some big stuff over there. So that's one of my... Yeah,
4: you know. it's very humbling. Absolutely, very humbling yeah. to see what these communities—I won't say kids, because the kids have nothing—but um, except really Abe and then the, the love of Jesus um, to to you know what they um, have the opportunity to have, um, and the joy and the smiles and the laughter, um, all of that which they may never got because of um, uh, Abe, they now have. So, yeah, it's very humbling to realise how lucky we are here in the western Mm. world, in sunny, cold Hobart, um, to what the the guys over in Andong and OM have.
0: Absolutely. Now, we are in Lindisfarne, and I believe there's now, thanks to you, Keith, uh, or something, there's a bit of a Lindisfarne connection now floating around in Cambodia between the local soccer club yeah do you want to tell us about
4: that yeah so um my boys uh i actually and mabel my youngest daughter played for lindisfarne um soccer club the junior soccer team um and they got some new strips so because they got the new strips the old strips were just not going to be used anymore um i was on the committee and i put my two cents in and said what andy and i were doing um just gone uh, heading to Cambodia, and they love soccer. Soccer is their number one sport. Um, so can we take some? Um, some of the strips. So thank you to the Lindisfarne Soccer Club. They obviously donated I can't remember. 30? 30, About 30, yeah. 30, 30 full strips, shorts and shirts. Um, and, you know, they were big enough that even Andy, I could definitely not fit one, but Andy could fit into uh, uh, to one of the tops. And, you know, we, we handed them out, and it was really quite surreal to be in Andong, Phnom Penh, Cambodia and seeing the, the two-tone blue of Lindisfarne Soccer Club running around and, and kicking a soccer ball and, you know, nearly dying because of heat exhaustion and what have you, but yeah, it was, it was really cool. So, um, yeah, so there's a little bit of Lindisfarne now over there in Cambodia with yeah, these, uh, these kids running around playing mm. soccer.
0: Excellent. Okay, guys, thanks for your time today. It's been great. Uh, One more question before you go. For those uh, watching at home, why should they get involved either prayerfully or financially in supporting the work of Abraham and the development for the people of Cambodia?
3: I think you should get involved because Abraham and DPC are are bringing hope to the hopeless. They're bringing the gospel message to a, a country that's, that's ripe for hearing it and I think in terms of money from what Keith and I have seen a little goes a long way Um, like $20 over here might buy you lunch but $20 over there like you can buy a guitar you can buy you know exercise books you can you can buy bibles it's um, yeah it's pretty incredible to see and I think for for us like we you put your money to things that you like you might you might have hobbies that you put your money towards um i'd say make your hobby seeing cambodia be saved for for jesus and yeah give some money to that
4: yeah and i think yeah prayer is is a, you know uh, a thing that's accessible to all of us so it doesn't matter where you are you can be praying for cambodia um and you know, praying for Abe specifically, or as you go on this journey with Abe, um, uh, you'll get to know people, and you might then be able to pray for the individual that you get to know. Um, and as Andy said, uh, the finance side of things, um, it might be difficult with the current situation and the amount of available funds, et cetera, But you know, five dollars buys you a really good coffee from a really good you know barista. Um but you would be able to sort of put you know twenty dollars aside a week and that will go an, a ridiculously amount of long way over there um, you know giving to the gDg um, fund and it 's secure and it's 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 used wisely um, it's you know it's just a an invaluable um, opportunity to sort of see jesus uh, in the lives of the guys and girls in Cambodia it's, yeah it's really, really important, um, and it's been a privilege to, to travel over there to, twice now for myself and for, for these guys um, so you know it, it makes these mission trips, even though they're a short- term one, um, an amazing experience from a personal point of view as well. Mm-hmm. You really get to learn a lot about yourself when you're over there um, visiting these, these sort of you know um, communities and and takes you out of your comfort zone a lot. So, yeah, definitely jump on board.
0: And uh, just to add to what these guys have said, I can uh, very vividly remember on my first ever trip to Cambodia, I was in the Andong village slum uh, in Phnom Penh, uh, and we were walking through, uh, having just been to the school, and I, I vividly remember walking down this street thinking, this is one of the most disgusting places in the world I've ever been. Uh, and looking into this house, if that's what you call it, but that's where people live, so it, it qualifies, um, and there was a kid on a, on a piece of wood reading a book because he knew that education was his road out of poverty. Yeah. Uh, and it has stuck with me ever since uh, that... Uh, Abraham is providing this free education to these people in the most deepest of darkest of circumstances and giving them uh, not just spiritual hope but the actual physical hope of being able to get out of the slum and to provide for their families uh, and they knew the value of what they were being given uh, because they were even uh, in the middle, uh, you know, when everything around them said survive, they were setting aside time to learn because they knew that that would give them a better future. And that's the kind of values that Abraham instils in his students, and he's got over a thousand of them, and that's the kind of investment that you're gonna make in the lives of young people if you invest today. Wasn't it great to hear from Rob, from Abraham himself, and from Keith and Andy, and uh, I hope that you have captured the passion. I'll be honest with you, when I first met Abraham on one of his visits to Australia, I wasn't that moved Uh, but through circumstance I ended up finding myself in Cambodia managing a partnership for my former church. There God changed my heart and my life as I saw firsthand the impact that the dollars that our church had raised was having on the lives of people, children being raised out of poverty, Schools providing free education for those who have been left behind by this by the, their own society, uh, a, a society being transformed by the power of the gospel, lives being changed as they encounter Jesus Christ. Abraham works by providing education for poor students. That is a lot of his work, and that work can be supported tax deductibly through the Global Development Group, and the details for that are in the description uh, or the comments below. Please, pray for Abraham, give generously, and support the work of bringing hope to the hopeless. God bless.